Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Meher Husseini, and he has a very difficult job. He's the CEO of Jaguar Security and Investigating, and he has the task of bringing law and order to a very lawless part of the earth. The area is known as Area C, which is on the Sinai Peninsula. Now, this is a no man's land because it really has nobody in charge of it. You see, it was supposed to be ceded to the Palestinians in the Oslo Convention, but the Israelis maintain they can still develop communities in this area. So it's become the home of drug dealers, thieves, rapists, uh, money launderers, terrorists. And Mr. Husseini has been tasked with bringing law and order to this this lawless man. And he shares his story in in uh, Stephen O'Connor's new show, Both Sides in the Middle. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Alan. Thank you very much for coming today. Now, tell us, how did you get involved in this amazing pursuit that you're trying to do here? Tell us how you, you got involved in such such a difficult job. You know, it just, it just happened. Uh, I think there's a gap, and I felt I'm, I am obligated to fill in that gap, that need. And to make the story short, I was, I was born over there. I was born in Palestine. Then I migrated to the United States after I finished high school. So I've been living here for about give and take 30 years. So I sort of, I can, I, I, I know uh, how culture is different between over there and over here. I've been to school here. Uh, gladly, I got a uh, uh, bachelor's, master's, and PhD. Uh, all my studies is related to criminal justice and criminology. So when I traveled over there about five years ago, six years ago, I noticed there's a special area. That area, I used to remember it, it used to be a very quiet area, very suburban place, uh, just like between the Palestinian territories right now and the Israeli territories. Then when I traveled like a few years back, I was like, hold on a second, what's going on here? So the minute I saw it, I knew there's a new thing happening. So it was high crime place, criminals roaming the streets, drug dealers, they just they go everywhere and they even sell to school kids on school premises and nobody says anything. Moreover, terrorists, I mean they just move everywhere. And I go like what is going on, you know, over here? I mean, not talking about traffic. Traffic there is unbelievable. Just because it's this road that connects Palestinian territories 
and Israeli-controlled territories, that everybody has to pass through that area. And it's been going downhill. So there's where, that was, there's where the idea came. I go like, hey, it'll be so nice if I can give forward to community and try to do some good and maybe bring some peace in that region. And that's where the whole thing started. So <laughs> it was a trip. I certainly detected a personal love for this and your, your own people is where the love is coming from. Your, your own things trying to bring some law and order to this, this area that is most definitely lacking it. So, so you in your foresight saw maybe, maybe you can make a little bit of difference. Maybe you can make the, the world a bit better by doing that. And, and it, it, it is a monumental task. It, it is huge. But how do you start with a task like that? Well, it, 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 took me, it took me some good time to interview people, to talk to people over there. So they told me exactly what they've been suffering from. So I've been just talking to them. So, for example, uh, I spoke with a drug intervention clinic. They provide uh, drug treatment for people. And they've been telling me how it's it's very difficult their job is. So and I learned so much from them. For an example, for those who sell drugs over there, it doesn't just affect them or the people who do drugs. It affects the whole family. Especially women. Why? Because if there's a household and there's a drug dealer in that household or someone addicted on drug that bad they will be alienated or be labeled from the community. They go like, hey, we have to be careful, you know, to talk to to these people or to socialize with them. So we have very alienated population, especially women, and especially women who are on drugs. So I learned so much about drug drug intervention in that area, as well as business people. I spoke with business people because I didn't see any, any businesses over there or let's say good businesses over there, only only little moms and pops shops. So I go like, why we, why you don't have banks here or some kind of companies or something? And the reason why, because every company tried to open, some other dude goes there and go like, hey, you have to pay for protection. So they've been driving businesses out. Those who survive, who have big families who can protect themselves, from these people. So that was another thing to learn. After that, I spoke to some officials and I found out that according to Oslo Accords, Palestinian Authority cannot perform fun- perform any law enforcement function or any kind of function in that in that area. Also, Israeli government is not supposed to do any kind of work in that area. So it's left. It's lawless land. And who suffers? The citizens of that area. So that's how it became developing to me, this project. And do not forget, I'm a cop. So I'm a trained observer. Also, I have a PhD, you know, so I go like, okay, you know, I can put one and one together. And that's how everything came to be as we see it today. Well, that's that's interesting. And, and it's still, it's a work in progress, isn't it, Mr. Husseini? It is. It's a work in progress. It's been on the ground for a few years, and we're still working on it every day. We're trying to make it 
you know, something good for the people. Uh, and I know we still have a long way to go. Tell us some of the baby steps that have been successful so far. Well, the baby steps are we have to be friendly with the people. We have to know how to talk to people who live there. Because remember, there's no government. We have a lot of gangs. We have a lot of gangsters. We have a lot of politics all involved. So we have to make friends with the residents, and they just guide us what their needs are. So that's one of the things, socializing with people. Another thing is to build good network. So, and that took us some, some good time to build that network that we're looking for. So also raise money because always that's a big, you know, a big object, you know, objective to us, how to raise the money to do what we need to do. So. <laughs> that, that sounds like a very important task. And it sounds like um, this labor of love is ongoing. Now, yes. are, are you personally involved in help making those bridges there? Yes, yes, I am personally involved uh, because I wanted to make sure everything goes the way I see it. And also, I want to train the right people how they can train in turn other people. So I am in personally, I am personally involved in it, personally, day to day, observing all what's going on in that area right there. Interesting. So how are you building some some government structure to help govern this. <laughs> That's very interesting, very interesting subject. Because based on my in my study and my training and my work, the first question came to my mind was how these people solve their their problems. If somebody stole something from somebody else and they caught that person, that suspect, how would they? How would they? Resolve this issue. If somebody, for example, killed someone else, I mean, how do they solve these issues between them? So I paid special attention to this. So I found out they have sort of tribal uh, uh, courts, so or elderly. Let's say the elderly courts. So what happens is all these issues go to an elderly of that tribe or that family, big family. And they are the ones who do to make peace between the residents. Of course, it's not enough, but that's how they've been doing it. And, <laughs> and I, I, I made sure that I understand how the process works. Uh, I made some friends and also I had some uh, good relations with those elders. So if something happened in the future with any of my guys, this is the way we can solve it through these elders and these tribal tribal courts or justice system. Oh, interesting. So th this is something, you know, these elder or tribal courts are not something new. These have been something that's been going on for many thousands of years in, in these populations. This is something that justice is, is meted out and, and it's done in, in uh, keeping with the laws that they've had. Absolutely, absolutely. And you can find it all over the world. Uh, you can find it in Africa. You can find it in, uh, in rural, rural places as well. However, the very interesting story is we have a new variant in that area. The variant is a lot of people came from other 
places to stay in that area. For example, if someone is wanted by the Palestinian Authority and he ran away, the best place for him to go is to that area because Palestinian law enforcement cannot go there or Israeli law enforcement cannot go there. So you're going to find a lot of criminals. They just run away to hide in that, in that place. So that brings the question, how these people get justice? Because in order to have the tribal courts work, you have to have people respect that system. And these people have no respect for nobody. So that makes it more difficult. <laughs> for an example, let me give you a quick example on that. Sure. It was this guy who is known to be a drug dealer. One day, my guys go like, we have to, you know, teach that guy a lesson. I mean, I didn't know about it at that time. They took an, an, an initiative, and I'm okay with it. Anyways, the minute he gets in that, 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 that neighborhood, they followed him, and they trapped him in a corner. So he gets off his car, he gets his machine gun, and he starts shooting at them. He hurt, I guess he injured two people. Anyways, he got on foot, he started running, they chased him. Finally, they got him, right? So they got him detained. So what happens? At the evening, people of that neighborhood, the citizens, elderly people, came to my guys. They go like, listen, please let him go. They go like, why? He says, they said, if you guys didn't let him go tonight, his friends, his bad friends, going to come over. They have a lot of guns and a lot of ammo. And guess what? They're going to try to take revenge on us. So please let him go. We're good with whatever happens. Please let him go. And guess what? They give him his gun. You go to go. You're free to go. And this is what happens. So it's a unique justice system structure over there. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It depends who gets involved in that justice system. Yes. <laughs> I, I, when I, in my introduction here, I was going to call this the wild, wild west. But this That's is, what I called it. That's yeah. what I called it. Yes. Yeah, because the justice comes from individuals wanting there to be justice. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, you got, and guess what? Some people also, uh, they run away to organize their criminal activities from this area. So they have their little factories and they start making their drugs in that area. Sort of untouchable. That's very, I don't know what to call it, but that's really, that's outrageous. No, no law enforcement. <laughs> But you're trying to be the law enforcement there. You're trying to make a difference. Yes. Yes, I am. And I'm proudly saying it. Yes, I am. There are a lot of difficulties uh, in the road. And what makes all these difficulties even harder, because we have two governments who go head to head against each other. The government are not helping. And we have the political climate is not helping my project either. Why? Because, hey, it's untouchable area because Palestinians want it. 
Israelis want it. And guess what? It's a lawless land. So. So, so what is your solution for trying to help this? What is your solution to try and make this a better place? Well, my solution was and still is. It has to come from people's initiative, regular people, regular citizens. And that's what I'm, tra- what I'm trying to do. For example, everybody I hire is local. I'm not going to bring anybody from outside. So it's going to be the local citizens who are good people. And I will encourage them and I will try to make them better. So I'm going to offer jobs for them. And also going to offer them the opportunity to protect themselves, their loved ones, and their communities. So also, when it comes to hiring, I'm not sure if I told you this or not. I, I don't think I did. In that area, you got also live in Palestinians and Israelis in the same area. And that was shockers to me. Go like, hey, isn't that? Like, he looks Israeli. Go like, yeah, he's an Israeli. And he comes here because... That's his buddy, Palestinian friend, whatever, and they work in cars or whatever. I'd be like, really? I mean, isn't he scared to come here? They go like, it is. That's what it is. So it seems like people there in that area, uh, even though the world is going crazy around them, but it seems like they have figured how to live with each other somehow. And they, they, they've been successful doing it. So so that was my, 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 my solution is we have to take some baby steps, hopefully make it bigger in the future and give the opportunity to the people over there to start solving their problems with their, with, with their hands and offer them jobs, offer them skills they needed and have them just go for it. How do you get the, the drug dealers under control? How do you get what? The drug dealers under control. Drug dealers, they are our main concern because where they get their drugs from? That's a big question, right? I mean, yes, they can make some drugs from their home, but I mean, when we talk about the hard, you know, the hardcore drugs, heroin or cocaine or whatever, or, or even marijuana, where they get it from? So they must be having some connections outside of this area as well. Now, Drug dealers usually work with organized crime. So that means what? They can buy all the guns they want. And they also know who's corrupted with the government from each government so they can get their business going. So it's, 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 it's a big hurdle for us. And we fight in it. We fight it every day. So there's no quick, there's no quick answer, but we're working on it as much as we can. What about the gangs? It's, it's the same thing. What our strategy is, hey, we're not going to mess with them unless they mess with us for now. Hopefully, next step, next level, we're going to put them in their place. And we're going to make them understand what you're doing is not going to go anywhere. In order for that to happen, we have to have more, you know, more people supporting us and we still we still at baby steps right now but we are building it we are building it we're going up and up <laughs> that's that's good to hear that you're optimistic and it's good that that you're trying to make that difference in a very difficult part of the world you know what you know alan a lot of people 
asking me, not just about this. They're asking me, why you work for police? It's a, it's a bad time to be a police right now. I mean, you know, I mean, nobody like cops, whatever. I go like, you know what? What makes me going? Because I love it. I love what I do. I have the passion for it. So I'm not doing it for money. I'm not doing it for anything else. I just do it because I like it. I love it. And I know I got to make a difference. So that's, you know, I'm helping people. That's, that, that's what I'm doing it. That makes sense. Mayor, a couple of questions. Yes. How, do you, how do you have a fantastic life? You yourself. Okay. You know what? I never complain. I guess nobody wants to hear it anyways, but I, I don't complain. Whatever I get, I'm happy with it. I'm thankful for it. Uh, if, if I get somebody hurt me some way, I don't blame him because I know he maybe did it unintentionally. So it's not like he wants to hurt me in person. So I let it go. I let it go. And sometimes even if I have to lose some, I don't know, some money or some material objects, I, I just let go. And I just live my life, focus on my family, focus on my life, my kids, my, uh, my future, because I'm still building. So I don't really, I don't really look at what happened in the past. I just focus now to be as much as happy as I can be and the future. And that's how I cope with it. <laughs> that makes sense. Now, what advice do you have for people to have a fantastic life? What advice do you have for others? You know what? I think right now, a lot of people have hard life. And a lot of them do not know how to express their feelings. Therefore, they just attack people, maybe unintentionally, or maybe with intention. So you cannot prevent people how they're going to treat you. You're going to teach people how they're going to act. I think just, just take it in. Just take it in and, and just don't take it personally. I know if who's, who's ever knows me, he's going to love me. I, I 100%. But guess what? I do not know everybody out there. Everybody out there do not know me. So I should not take it any personal if somebody did me wrong. And that's my number one advice. Don't take anything personal. And that's it. Yeah, I think, I think right now we're dealing with a day and age where there's a lot of hate and a lot of people are showing that hate and, yes. and they're doing it uh, in a very nasty way. And it's, it's coming out in all sorts of circles. And I, I think people have to be kind before anything else. They have to be kind. Yeah, I think they have to literally let that kindness lead the way rather than, than anything else. And another thing they should lead the day with is just being grateful for what they have, because there's so much that people have right now, so much more than they've had in years gone by. And that hopefully will be a shining light for people to move forward and see a better day as the day moves on. Yes, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think with the Corona experience, a lot of people had some stress. Some people maybe do not know it's a stress and they just think that life is not fair to them. But I, there's always tomorrow. That's what I was telling you. There's always tomorrow. Tomorrow means there's a new day coming tomorrow. So forget what happened yesterday to yesterday. Focus on tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a great day. I'm sure it will. <laughs> 
Yes, and I, I think that's what people have to realize that, you know, after the Dark Ages came a time that was one of the best in the world. It was the Renaissance that went on. And, and I think we have to realize that in a time of strife, we always go to a time of bounty. We go to a time when the world is better than it was before. It's not there yet, but I think it's going to be here shortly. I hope so. I hope so. I'm positively sure this was going to happen. Absolutely. Thank you, Nehir <laughs> Hussaini. Thank you, Hussein. if people thank you so get, much, Mr. Allen. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate Please, it. Well, if other people would like to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Of course, they can, they can find me on the internet, social media, especially under Jaguar Security and Investigations. Our website, jaguarprotection.com. Or they can they can call me. Uh, I, I'm gonna give uh, Patty's number. She she's my assistant. 832-252-9397. And I hope to hear from people people who like to help. Or if people need if people are looking for some kind of help. Hey, you know I like to help people everywhere, anywhere. If anybody thinks I can help them, you know, hey, I have no problem. Please reach out to me. And I will do everything in my power to help you through whatever you go through. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Husseini. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for, for being here today. If you like this episode, please put like on this and put some comments down so we can share this with others. Thank you, Mr. Husseini. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Allen. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.